this is Julinda with Cut to the Chase Podcast. Stepping out beyond boundaries takes courage and the ability to dream. We are excited to share our new audio podcast called Cut to the Chase. The structure of this podcast embodies open dialogue with friends, family, and professional colleagues talking about things that impact our ability to thrive. We hope that you will join our unscripted, unbridled podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Cut to the Chase, episode 112. That's right, people, 112 episodes. Today, our episode is entitled, I'm Everything. And so, I Am Everything reminds me of this old Shaka Khan song that says, I'm every woman, it's all in me, anything you want done, I'll do it naturally. I'm every woman. It's all in me. I can read your thoughts right now. Everyone from A to Z. So today, we've brought forth a featured guest who really comes by way of her authenticity, her uniqueness, and who she is as a very loving and caring person. And so I have a quote that I want to read before we kind of get started into this this discussion. And it says, I'm blessed with everything I need. I am working hard towards everything I want. And most of all, I appreciate and I'm thankful for what God has provided, which I currently have. And so today our featured guest is a resident of the Bay Area, California. She's a motivated speaker that serves as an inspirational leader in higher education. She's earned her master's degree from the University of San Francisco in public administrations. She's also holds a bachelor's degree in sociology and a minor in African-American studies from San Jose University. She has been able to use her education and life experience to express her thoughts through poetry, motivating speaking, and connecting with others while surviving In the foster care system, she learned how to become an advocate for herself as well as for others. Now she utilizes her voice, her skills, and set to empower those who have faced adversity and personal challenges through her natural, passionate engagement of speaking with others through her faith and understanding their purpose. After being invited to speak more than 10 years ago, she's dedicated herself to empowering others whether it's keynote speaking, workshops, poetry, her charisma and authenticity basically strongly connects with her listeners and her audience. And without further ado, I would like to introduce our listeners to Miss Jolinda. Jolinda, how are you doing out there in California? What's going on? I'm doing wonderful. How are you doing? Doing great. Doing great. Well, certainly it's... uh. It's a delight to have you on the show. Um, you know, I know we've uh, we've tried to uh, work through some technical difficulties now, but we're all uh, firing on all cylinders, and uh, we're looking forward to uh, having a, a meaningful discussion with you today. Yes, I'm looking forward to it as well. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. So, Jolinda, so tell us, you know, you are a mom. You've you have you know 
put your way through school and basically uh, your survival, uh, survivalist of the foster care system, and you learn how to become an advocate for yourself as well as for others. Walk our listeners through exactly how did you find the strength within yourself to not only pull yourself from the depths of foster care, but also find the energy and the courage to be able to help others find their voice? That is a great question. Um, I will be honest with you. I think it's just something natural in my spirit. Um, I more so take uh, care of better, take care of other people better than I do myself. So when I see someone else in need, I'm able to speak up for them um, better than I am for myself. So I've been learning actually to speak up for myself um, and not be afraid of the word no. Um, It's been a long journey, especially as a mother. Um, I was a single mother and I have three children, two sons and one daughter. And, -hmm. you know, um, raising a young man can be challenging in itself. Um, but through all these things, it's taught me um, to be an advocate and speak up and teach my children that as well. Um, one little thing that I used to do when the kids started school, every year I would remind them if there was an issue or if they had any problems to go to a support person at their school. And if they weren't able to do that, then I would be their voice. And I think that's important to give that to your children so that they can be adults who can advocate for themselves as well as for others. Um, But it has been a journey for sure. Living with uh, different types of people, you see people who have disabilities, who may need support, and they're easily ignored. But when you live with a group of girls, you learn to support each other. And it's really through love at the end of the day. Right. Right. So certainly, uh, you know, as 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 I'm listening to you uh, speak about all the great things that um, you endured and, and certainly the things that have made you the lady that you are or should I say the woman that you are today. It kind of reminds me of, you know, my sister, uh, God bless her. She is taking on a lot of children uh, through foster care. Uh, throughout you know the many decades uh, there in Denver, Colorado, and really cultivating you know them as wholesome individuals and helping them you know fulfill their their destiny and their dreams and taking them out of bad situations and and really setting them up for you know the type of success that anyone would want to have when you bring forth unconditional love. And I, it, w- it was music to my ears to really hear you say that because, you know, from my standpoint, I've kind of, when the few times that I've visited her uh, out in Denver, you know, I, I see that firsthand and I do understand, you know, being in the system and sometimes being bounced around from home to home or or from from facility to facility is not always an easy journey. As uh, some of the kids that I met that she was taking care of, you know, they would say, you know, Mr. Greg, it's like, you know, we live out of a trash bag. You know, sometimes we don't Mm -hmm. understand, you know, the relevance of where we're going, you know, literally from one month to the next. And then he says, you know, uh, some of the kids would tell me, you know, when you're 
when you're in this experience, you know, you walk into some houses where the the motivation and the the I, I guess I could probably say the aura of what is going on in a household is not very loving. You know, it's it's not right, uh, hospitable. Right. And, uh, and, you know, right. you know, it just, it just broke my heart to, to hear things like that because, you know, in hindsight, you know, even though we're talking about you are everything, you know, you know, being a mom requires, you know, a mom to be almost everything, you know, and, and I can only imagine from, from your backstory and, and where you come from, how much more, strength and courage and 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 perseverance you 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 have to carry that that weight on your shoulder to really be kind of that everything to be that person that is there you know as that support mechanism and so my next question to you is is along the lines of the foster care system as we know it today in in today's society i mean i know it's changed a lot over the years but, you know, with regards to surviving foster care, because I've seen some parents, you know, that are in the foster care, like I said earlier, they, they, they do it, but they don't necessarily do it for the right reasons, or maybe they're just in it for, for the money. What are some of the things that are occurring now for anyone that may be considering looking for you know, other siblings or looking for uh, a child to adopt that you may be able to share with, you know, what is going on in today's foster care system? Well, yes, you are correct. The foster care system has changed um, throughout the years. I mean, we can go back to the orphanage uh, days when they have those large facilities um, I myself, I've experienced living um, in children's shelters where each room held 30 girls or 30 boys. And there was also an infant section for newborns who had been abused or neglected. Mm -hmm. um, so I've had lots of experiences in different types of settings myself. I've lived in group homes. I've lived in foster homes. And I've lived in satellite homes. And a satellite home was generally a temporary stay where you stay with someone um, less than two weeks. Mm -hmm. um, and with that being said, you're right. People have different motives. I myself, I moved around a lot. I went to about 12 schools in all, four high schools. Um, like every year I was moving around. People have different motives that are for money. And sometimes there's abuse, there's sexual abuse, there's emotional abuse that's in these homes. Um, but if someone is looking to adopt or take in a child, I would suggest that it truly be, be from their heart. Um, mm -hmm. This is not something that's done for money. And that child knows that they are attached to a check. Right. So their mind is already made up of who they are and how they're being seen by society. Um, mm -hmm. They're seen as a commodity, as an object. Mm -hmm. um, by many caretakers there are some caretakers as you mentioned your sister who's kind and who's loving and who can set people off into a great future but that is really not the norm and i believe that's why a lot of kids are in and out of the system because they do not feel that love so 
I had suggested even to my hairdresser who was considering taking in foster youth, I asked her to really search her soul and to know that was something she really wanted to do because you're not only taking in a child, you're taking in a child who's been hurt and who's been neglected. Mm-hmm. And I think some people forget about that. Um, they might just think that their parents were neglectful, but when a child's been neglected, that causes a lot of room for error. And that would be abuse, whether it's mental abuse or physical abuse by a stranger or even a family member. These things go on. And then this person is either up for adoption or in a foster home. And then now they have their own personal demons that they haven't dealt with. And I think that's the most important thing is to make sure whoever you take into your home that you truly know what you're setting yourself up with and to be able to give that child the support and the love that they need because it's very difficult no matter how much you love that person, that child has to learn to love themselves. Right, right. We certainly thank you for for sharing that uh, with us and providing us with that insight. So as we as we kind of fast track a little bit, because you know coming out of a situation as such as being in a foster care and 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 partaking in that for so many years in your life, you know there's a lot of those um, skills that parents provide to their, you know, their siblings or to their children where, you know, you're not necessarily kind of, you know, picking those things up per se when you're in foster care. You may in some cases and and then you may not. But what was the turning point for you that allowed for you to kind of set your charter for really moving forward and getting your education and and starting to kind of pull your life together in a more stabilizing, you know, circumstance. I mean, what was that like for you? And at what point in time in your life did that occur? Oh my God, that is a great question. Um, I would say that happened for me at the age of 29. I had my last son. His father went to prison. He's currently serving 175 years in San Quentin. So he has been incarcerated for 21 years. And I knew that I did not want my son to glorify prison or to have anything to do with the criminal system. Mm -hmm. So one night I said an amazing prayer (laughs) and God is good. I asked the Lord if he would give me a job where I could be promoted, where I could be elevated, somewhere where I did not have to commute, something that would be open to me being a mother, um, Mm -hmm. a place where it could be flexible and that I could grow. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, God is amazing. I ended up going to a job fair about two weeks later that I really wasn't even interested in. Mm -hmm. And um, a community college had asked me for my resume because they had a secretary three position open. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, no, I'm not qualified. You know, I'm not I can't type 100 words per minute. And they were like, no, you don't need to do that. And they looked at my resume and said that I was qualified. 
So about a week later, I received a phone call from the dean of the language arts department. And I went in for my interview, which was five minutes from my house, mind you. But I wasn't thinking at the time. And she asked me for my driver's license and my social security card. And I was like, are you hiring me? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, well, can I go home and think about it? Now, mind you, I have three kids at home. My youngest is six months and I have no job. (laughs) Mm. And I said this amazing prayer. So my girlfriend reminded me what I did and she goes, you better accept that job. So I accepted the position and it was the best thing that I could have done. The supervisor who hired me, she was a white woman, but she was open Mm -hmm. and said that she would support me on my journey. And so getting to know me, she asked me if I would be willing to go back to school. Mm -hmm. Since I was working for the language arts department, she wanted me to be more articulate and speak more proper. Mm -hmm. So I told her I would consider it, which I did. And I eventually started going to school. And it was funny because after completing English 1A, 1B, and 1C, I told her I still speak the same. (laughs) Right. Right. So that was interesting. But really, that was the path that set me off my children. Um, I did not want my son to glorify any type of negative images. And me working at the college was a perfect setting. It was near my home. It was a support system. It was a way for me to grow. And me taking those first classes, it was absolutely an eye-opener to me and helped me become a better person and also a better parent because I started taking psychology classes and I had a better understanding of my background and what I could offer my children. Excellent. Yeah, that's that's an outstanding story of opportunity and faith and chance and 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 blessing. I mean, it seems like, you know, your your prayers were truly truly answered and put you in the position of of where you are today, which is which has made it uh, somewhat humbling for you to 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 go full circle from where you were. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, now that we have a good understanding of everything that has happened that that led you up through your degrees that you currently have. Let's dive into how did you get into motivational speaking? How did you get into poetry? And what were some of the driving things that really led you to aspire to do some of those great things also? Okay, well, that's interesting. Um, the poetry came because I didn't want to be like some of the women that I saw at my job who were becoming empty nesters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I noticed that when women's children were moving out or going off to college, they were having a hard time. And I was wondering why they were having a hard time. So mm-hmm. when my kids were younger, um, they were probably, you know, preteens. And everyone was gone that that night, and I was home alone, like, on a Friday night. And I realized that I was going to turn into one of those women at my job because I did not have a life outside of my children. Mm-hmm. And 
So I just started writing some things down. Um, I started, I guess, journaling in poetry form. And someone looked at it and said, Delinda, this looks like poetry. And I was like, really? Um, so anyway, so I started attending different open mics and listening to different poetry and slam and just different types of artists making music. And that was my outlet away from my children. So I had something for myself. <laughs> mm. And with the motivational speaking, I mean, again, it's just a gift from God. Um, as you can see, I talk quite a bit. And I do attend meetings because I'm a life learner. So here in the Bay Area at San Jose State University, they were housing former foster youth. And mm -hmm. California is leading out on supporting former foster youth up into the age of 25. Mm -hmm. So I was attending just different meetings, just getting information. And one day I just happened to receive an email from a reading instructor. And she asked me if I would come to her class and speak. And I told her that I was not a speaker. And she was persistent. And she said that she was referred. <laughs> she was referred to me by a counselor. And so I was like, okay, that's great, but I'm not a speaker. And she says, well, my class, I have former foster youth. And so, of course, that rang true to my heart. And I am an advocate of my people. And so I quickly said, well, what would you like me to speak about? What are some of your concerns? And from there, I created a PowerPoint and I created a handout. And I did such a fabulous job that she spread my name around and it just evolved. One minute I was speaking to foster youth and the next minute I'm speaking about um, careers and professional development and mentorship opportunities. And now I'm able to speak on a wide variety of topics. And again, it's just a gift from God. I did not seek it out. It sought me out. Right, right. Well, we certainly thank you for, for sharing uh, that with us. Um, you know, you are you're living the blessing that you prayed for and that you sought after, and uh, it's provided you with the fruits of everything that you've based your faith upon. And and certainly, we are we're extremely extremely happy uh, to hear that everything is going in the direction of positivity for you. And so we're uh, we're starting to get close to our time here. And one of the things that I'd like to ask is, could you share with our listeners a few takeaways or a few things that you've picked up along the way that has allowed for you to grow? And these have been lessons learned or or advice points that you've been able to kind of help you set your course and your direction towards living out your fullest life. Yes, that's great. Yes, I would love to share with the audience, to all you listeners out there, the first thing I'm going to say to you is forgive yourself. I will say it again, forgive yourself. If there is anything that you think that you haven't done well enough on or any mistakes that you have made in your life, Please forgive yourself. Let it go. One thing that I have learned is that the past and the present and the future cannot coincide at the same time. We have to live in one moment at a 
at a time. And sometimes people live in their past. And I was one of those people. I was, woe is me. I wonder why these things were happening to me. Now today, I know why. Because now I'm in position to support other people who are going through their challenges. Everyone's story can help another person. So again, forgive yourself. Let it go. It's over. Move forward to your hope and to your dream. I always tell people, you set your destiny. Do not let anyone deter you. And the biggest thing is do not deter yourself from what you know is possible. And all that comes from is fear. And God does not give us fear. He gives us love and he gives us hope. And we have to focus on that because we all are given gifts and we all have a purpose and we all have value. And we must know that for ourselves. And one thing I ask people to do is affirmate themselves. Tell yourself every day after you brush your teeth how amazing you are. Tell yourself that you're a good listener, that you're a good friend. Remind yourself that you contribute something to society. And I think that's the biggest obstacle to get over is our self-interference because we are great. And you listeners, you're amazing and you are great. And I would ask you to remind yourself that every single day. Wow. That was extremely, extremely powerful, Jalinda. I certainly appreciate you sharing that with our listeners. Um, that was that was very well said. I, I, I'm I'm still feeling the goosebumps <laughs> at this point from <laughs> from listening to that. Um, so as we wrap up, you know, one of the things that that I find here is is the fact that you know we have to cultivate the habits of being grateful for every good thing that comes to you and give thanks continuously because as we saw in your story and in your faith and in your ability to pray about the things that you were striving for help on and giving you that blessing, it came to fruition. And because of all the things that we contribute and advancement, we should always include all of those things in gratitude. And so, Jalinda, I'll tell you, you know, I couldn't have picked a better topic to talk about I'm everything because you are just that you know, from being a mom, you know, to really understanding where your faith is with the Lord and, you know, your work and how you're giving back and how you're partaking in really trying to continue to, to cultivate those that are still going through the foster care system today and your interactions with those people, your motivation and just your spirit, your positivity is so infectious. And, you know, I am ecstatic to say that we are delighted that, you know, we have reached out to you and, and welcome you into the Cut to the Chase family. I mean, this this has been a real warm and, and really inviting type of type of discussion that we've had. And just listening to the transformation and the steps that you've gone through, not to say that any of those steps were easy, 
but just the sure fact that you persevered through all those things in the best possible light and you turn something bad into something extremely positive is commendable. And so, Jalinda, thank you very much for being on our show. Uh, we certainly appreciate having you. And to our listeners, um, you know, at the end of every program, I always say kind of the same thing. You know, we have to come together with compassion. We have to ensure that we're trying to show empathy towards one another. We should always focus on the unity of togetherness and and trying to ensure that we're doing the right things upon others as well as to ourselves. But after listening to Jalinda's story today, the one thing that I truly believe that we have to do is continue to believe in our faith and certainly be thankful. And so without further ado, I would just like to say, Delinda, once again, thank you. This has been episode 112 entitled, I'm Everything. And to everyone, God bless. Have a wonderful weekend. Take care and bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to Cut to the Chase. Stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and LinkedIn at Cut to the Chase. You'll also find even more great content on our website at www.k2tcpodcast.com. Thank you and catch you on the next episode.